All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 14 of the KISS FAQ podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining us today as we pontificate about subjects KISS-related. Joining me today are Ken and Jay. And Lonnie, thank you guys for returning to the podcast, and thank you everyone for listening to us. So today's topic is kissologies. You know, what is the good, the bad, the ugly, and the missing for these three, you know, pretty wonderful KISS products. Uh, KISS has always sold uh, video packages very strongly, and in 2006, when they finally got around to putting out an archival release with the first... uh, um, installment episode one, they re- they really uh, you know hit it out of the park again. So you know let, let's just get going. We'll talk volume volume one, which goes nineteen seventy four to seventy seven, which is the classic era that I think the vast majority of fans were interested in. So let's throw it out to you to start with Lonnie. You know what did you like about Kissology One? You know what I liked about it is that it was we had cleaned up versions of a lot of the bootlegs that we already had. Um, like I said, a lot of it was bootlegs that we already had with the Summit, with Cobo Hall, with Winterland. But it was cleaned up and it was crisp. And you look, I was watching them, just nerding out, watching them a few weeks ago, watching that Budokan show. And the footage on that just looks like it was shot two weeks ago, not 30 plus, almost 40 years ago. I mean, it's, I mean, they really did a, an excellent job of making those, you know, just as crisp and as modern looking as they possibly could. Um, what else I liked about it was my favorite part on all the Kissologies is actually the commentary that goes on if you select the feature to listen to Gene and Paul talk and reminisce about what's going on in these moments and what was happening behind the scenes and them just kind of watching this footage like for the first time in in 30 plus years it seemed like like on like the end concert paul goes like look at the look how thin that guitar is he couldn't believe like how much how much of a cheap guitar he's even playing at the time you know as composed to the you know thousands upon thousand dollar guitars that he plays on stage now and um the acrobat footage that it kicks off with appropriately um, just a very, very old clip of the band, um, just to get you started and, and rolling into the first volume. It just shows where the band came from and their roots. And Eugene's misquoted off, right off the bat saying that, oh, yeah, we're playing five, six shows a week. If you <laughs> yeah. look at the archives, well, they hadn't played a show in about a week at that point when they're playing that show. But, um, but, but my, my favorite part on, on, on the first volume, though, obviously, it's it's just the cleaned up footage. How how just bright it appears, and and Gene and Paul's commentary throughout is just fascinating. And whenever I watch them, I always select that. Oh no, I want to listen to the commentary when I watch it. That's that's my favorite part. So that's that's a really cool thing. I'll just reach over here. The silent footage from February seventy four. 
originally came out on an unofficial DVD. I think that was uh, sold up on eBay, the footage, and it was 27 minutes worth um, that some of the audio video gurus out there did sync up with sound. And then, of course, there's the sound version on Cassology 1. I don't know if it's the same. I think there were some arguments about who actually did the work um, on that out in the community for a while, but there's a lot of footage for those of you who have only got Cassology. Go find the vintage. It should still be around or up on eBay. Ken, what did you think about it? Um, well, I, I did have a few of the bootlegs uh, ahead of time, like Winterland and and uh, Cobble Hall, and um, I might have had the uh, no, I didn't. I don't think I had the uh, one in Japan. Um, but um, I was excited um, to see this stuff finally, you know, being put out, which they should have done years many years prior they probably would have cashed in a lot better on it um and maybe they didn't know where these videos were they, i know they always said they had their own vault but <laughs> i'm not so sure about that um but i like the like lonnie said um i i like the commentary um the commentary i would have liked actually a lot more of the commentary um it went for a while and then it just disappeared so I would have rather had a lot more commentary and maybe even, uh, you know, at that time, of course, it would have been nice to have, you know, uh, uh, Ace and Peter's commentary. But of course, at that time, when they uh, put these out, they were already gone from the band. So um, but it would have been nice to hear their their words there, too. Um I think they could have maybe jammed some more in there, um, but I guess we'll be talking about that soon. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You know, there's some exclusions, but uh, um, it, it was really good. Jay. Uh, yeah, when this, you know, when when I first heard about these coming out, uh, I was, you know, spastic with excitement. Um, <laughs> felt like it was a long time coming because I know most people in the Kiss community. Uh, at least the, as far as the fans are concerned, been talking about the need for this for, for a long, long time. So when it finally came to pass, uh, I was totally stoked. In fact, to kick off the release of Volume 1, uh, a theater in my in my town here in Huntsville, Alabama, actually did a showing of Detroit, Cobo Hall, 76, um, on the big screen. And so uh, my, my drummer and uh, good friend Donnie decided to come with me, and he's a big Kiss fan too. So we did that, and that was kind of our way of getting pumped for the whole thing. Um, you know, I'd seen most of these videos. Well, actually, I'd seen pretty much everything. I think on Volume One. Um, so I already knew kind of what I was getting, and like Lonnie said, a lot of this stuff did end up looking better than any copies I had. Now, you know, my prior copies before this uh, series kicked off were original Kiss Vision VHS tapes. So that was my point of reference. So, I, you know, it's funny because I, I hear a lot of complaints from the Kiss uh, the Kiss fans that, you know, they can find better quality footage uh, elsewhere than, than on the Kissology series. And while that may be true for some of us who uh, were going straight from VHS to this DVD collection, it was a, an epiphany for sure. So... You know, the early stuff, I mean, I'm a sucker for the early stuff, so I'd already seen Acrobat because I, I did buy the the uh, KISS DVD that you just mentioned a minute ago. Um, I did buy that. I don't even know 
where I got it. It may have been eBay or something. I don't know. But I did end up getting a copy of the DVD. So I, I kind of already expected, uh, I already knew what to expect with Acrobat. But, you know, in the ABC in concert footage, I think that's the best quality that I had seen up to that point, which is not to say that it's amazing quality in and of itself. But when, when making comparisons to some of the stuff that was floating around in bootleg circles, uh, for years, it was it was much better, and I think the probably my favorite is the Mike Douglas show. Um, the footage there is just so crisp, and watching Gene sort of get, uh, you know, watching Tody Fields get the better of Gene was hilarious. And seeing Gene sort of trying to, I, I guess at that point he hadn't really figured out what his uh, what his persona was or his character, um, and so it was almost cornball the way Gene, you know. Um, was trying to play the the evil vampire slash bat whatever, and Tony Fields just like sucking the wind out of his sails. That was very funny. So I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, you know, I, I haven't listened actually uh, to much of the commentary. So now that you guys have mentioned that, I'm going to have to go back through and and just do a commentary run on that series and see what some of the things are that they're they're talking about. But I was I was very happy when it came out. You know, like. Like most people probably would agree, there's some things that, uh, you know, some glaring omissions that we'll, I'm sure, cover a little later. But for the most part, I'm satisfied with Volume 1. Yeah, Volume 1 for me was, you know, pretty good. It it had everything you expected to be on there. You know you're going to get ABC. You know you're going to, well, it's an edited version of Mike Douglas, but it's still got the, you know, the primary parts of it that really need to be there. Um, Cadillac, that for me, is probably the standout. I think that's the only thing on there that I hadn't seen in addition to the uh, the Coventry 73 Easter egg that they hid on that first issue. Winterland um, was a disappointment. I was hoping um, that that version, that they could have gotten closer back to the master and really done some studio wizardry on it. There are fan versions of that for me, which I find more visually pleasing. And they've all got the same dropouts in the same area, so they're obviously all off the same source. Um, Kobo Hall, you you knew that was going to be on there. Um, How many of us bought all three versions at different vendors to get the bonus discs? I'm a sucker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was... I don't even I don't even still have any of the bonus discs because most of that stuff's uh you know missing so many parts of the shows. But you know yeah. if I just bring up my website quickly, uh, Largo seventy seven, that is Amazing. that is That's just awesome. one of the most and that was sold at uh, Walmart according to my notes. So incredible super kiss show at their heights. Next one's Madison Square Garden, February '77, and that is a highly ch- you only get seven songs on that. Yeah, making it. Totally. yeah and that's that's also been one of the most commonly circulated bootlegs for so long. So it's probably great that they use that only as a, a bonus disc and cut out all the stuff that they didn't want to pay royalties on or whatever. Um, and then you get the second night of Kobo, which is actually the first night of Kobo the 25th and you know both of those Kobo dates and of course the third one does circulate as well are you know kiss just as they're crossing that top of the hill of alive and are ready to go so you know that that's probably the key thing of off this is the 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 um the bonus discs and you know I loved Don Kirshner's rock concert on this the clarity on that for me 
was just incredible. I have a real beef with them mixing or messing around with Houston 77. They took parts of Night One, and I think they put it in, in uh, Black Diamond at the end. I would much rather that they had left it alone, regardless of whatever faults it had, and used, you know, Night One as a standalone bonus. I think I, I, I said that for the Love Gun Deluxe. Would have been great to put it out there. But as an overview of Kissology 74 to 77, they hit it. You know, it, it's it's a really good package. The So It Goes, stu- uh, so it goes stuff from uh, Manchester is pretty obscure. I hadn't seen a good copy of that. Tokyo, absolutely fantastic. So what do you think could have been on there? Oh, and I guess we shouldn't forget to mention the other Easter egg, which is Ace's wedding performance. Um, what one thing and do you think really should have been on here um, that's missing? Ken? Well, um, I believe we just talked about, I mean, Largo, even though Largo is on the bonus disc, it should have been on the main um, the main DVD. Um, also, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of um, I don't know if it's interviews or back then TV footage. Um, there's also, I think, a 2020, I believe that uh, happened. Um, and maybe, maybe what, what year did this go to here? 77? Okay, the 2020 thing, I think it, was in, it would have been on the second one. So maybe it's even on there. Um, but um, things like that, Largo, I would have rather, and they, cutting songs. Uh, not full having full shows um, is a problem for me. Um, I'm sure they could have found more and jammed more onto this. I mean, I know the other volumes have, for instance, it goes to three discs and four discs, I believe. Um, yeah, they they, they they started growing, you know. Yeah, they were growing, but I think they could have made the first one, you know, at least three discs and added more. Um, I don't think it would have cost them much to do something like that um but maybe they were still digging up the videos at that time trying to scoop them up from uh people that had the best copies yeah it's Um, it's just like kiss my ass all over again when they put out the call for you know collectors with videos and going through who has the best quality and you know there there are a lot of archivists out there who do have stuff from the period but can they make a deal yeah so uh more of that like i said earlier more commentary um, and, uh, I was just thinking, you know, maybe even if Ace was on there, he probably would have not remembered anything anyway. So, um, he might have forgotten half of it and come up with some new stories about it. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's pretty much commentaries and then a couple of videos and then cutting the songs on some of the shows. Jay, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I agree with, with Ken that, you know, and, and, pretty much everybody that's ever seen this and, and had any passion for kiss that the, a lot of the footage is just heavily edited. And for that, it's a real shame. Uh, I realize that, you know, maybe looking at it from a practical point of view, trying to do uncut shows, this, this would have ended up being a 14 volume set rather than what it ended up being. So in that regard, I can understand. Uh, but I do feel like some of the stuff was just heavily edited. Uh, as far as footage that would have been nice. I mean, you know, I think they covered pretty much most of the bases, uh, other than, you know, some of the heavy, heavily edited uh, early footage. But, um, you know, there's just the thing is, Kiss was such a phenomenon there towards the end of this volume. Um, 
76, 77, I think it would have been nice to see some of the classic uh, news broadcast um, from that period just to sort of maybe tell the story of Kiss Mania. I mean, you've got already got footage there of Cadillac, so it would have been a nice tie-in to do like the Max Kinkle appearance, which is just kind of strange, uh, the way he's acting. And then I don't remember which, uh, which newscast this was. I think it was filmed at the Checker Dome. I can't remember where. Kiss are facing or Paul and Gene are back. I'm from St. Louis. Is that 79? I'm from St. Louis. I know about that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, but you know, it just, it would have been nice to see some of the new news clips now you know there's some things that may have surfaced since then i don't know timelines on some of those uh some of the great footage that was shot by the cbc yeah i was just gonna you know the the act that's full of homosexual innuendo the cbc yeah Yeah. you know somehow i don't see them putting that on there but you know (laughs) it being such early footage that i'm sure they could have uh you know done something with the audio there yeah yeah so it would have been nice to maybe see uh, some more news footage to sort of tie in how kiss was perceived at that period in their career and sort of helping to tell the story through these news clips. So that'd be my only complaint. Lonnie, what's your, your biggest missing item, I guess, on this? My, to me, the glaring thing that's missing is Anaheim 76 or any show from the Destroyer tour at all with that really with the paper mache stage behind him and that. I, you know, everybody talks about how great it was, but it was in hindsight, it probably wasn't as, as great as everybody wants it to remember it to be. But just you know, I, to me, missing a, a show from uh, from that tour, especially because there is a pro shot show from that tour, that not being on there to me is a glaring omission. And it's too bad they couldn't get Deuce from ABC's in concert on there too. Yeah. That that would have been really badass for me to, to have that on there as well. Um, to me, those are the glaring omissions. And and I guess going back to the commentary, I guess my biggest problem is that it came out and it came out ten years late. Had they put it out in nineteen ninety six, and I guess it would have been on VHS though in nineteen ninety six, you know they could have gone back and cleaned it up for DVD later on. But had you put it out in ninety six, you could have had the commentary with Gene Paul, Ace, and Peter all on there, and it could have made it much brighter and much more special than it than it was. Yeah, it certainly would have been a more timely release during the reunion cycle, but then again, 2000, well, 2005 to 2007 were a pretty tight, uh, you know, quiet period for the band, so, you know, I guess they finally had enough time to breathe and get it out. I think my biggest um, complaint on this, well, Midnight Special, as we know, is not as good quality as has come out on the official Midnight Special um, releases, but... That's kind of neither here nor there. I do not like the bonus discs that they couldn't even be bothered to chapter them properly. They just threw, yeah. That's just that's just throwing it out there. Um, I, I think as an overview, it's a it's a pretty good, you know, effort. But for 2006, there should have been a partner multimedia site that you could have gone to and gotten lots of additional you know, little clips from stuff, you know, here's Anaheim 76, you know, here's a full song for you. We didn't put this on because, you know, and, and I, I don't remember which show it is. I, um, it's a 176 show that Paul's filmed mostly from the side. So you're getting the back of his head most of the show. So you can understand why they wouldn't use that. The Largo 75 encores, 
you know, which has the obnoxious graphic overlays. Um, you can kind of understand why they didn't use that, but, um, you know, it's, it's a good effort. Looking back at it, um, I think the commentary would have been great to have some commentary from Peter and Ace, but we all know what happens when Kiss tries to get commentary from Peter and Ace for official <laughs> products. It doesn't seem to work. Space bear. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ace could have probably done something. Let's move on to Volume 2, which is 1978 to 91. And that, take that Volume 2, it grows. So, we're up to, what, three discs now in a, on the base product, and again, three bonus discs. I'll just run through those bonus discs quickly, because... Um, there's not a lot to say about them. Uh, first one sold at, well, most retailers. It was the general bonus disc is Budokan Hall, 1988. Um, second one is the Ritz Club gig, uh, which came in uh, the Best Buy issue. And the third one is Largo, or Landover, July 79. So two, two Crazy Night shows and a Dynasty show and... Not much in between. Let's start with you, Ken, on Volume 2. How did this hold up for you? Uh, it holds up pretty good. Um, for instance, like the where it starts off, the land of hype and glory. Um, that was pretty good. I don't think I had seen that before at all. So that was quite interesting, seeing things that I haven't seen before. Um, the, the Kiss and Attack of the Phantoms... Um, of course, I, I, I love that movie when it first came out, but then now, as the time goes on, it gets cornier each year. But um, I would have liked him to put both versions on on this somehow, um, so you could see, because obviously one was edited a little bit this way, that way, and then you had the different music playing. Um, the European version was the, uh, the solo album stuff and so on. So I would have liked to do the, both versions of that on here. Um, tomorrow's show was one of my favorite things. I think we talked about that on the, one of the, you know, greatest moments in, in history. Yep. Um, that was, I think my, I think it might've been my one, uh, two or number two or something like that, but that was great. Now the thing there is they cut that one. Um, I would have liked to have the whole show of that. Um, uh, maybe it was something with Tom Schneider's company at that time. Um, not letting them have it, but, um, it was it was good, I'm, and I enjoy very much the uh, Hot in the Shade. Um, that was that's just fantastic, and uh, Eric Carr's drum solo in that is just one of my favorites. And of course, that stage is one of the best they had done. So um, it was great. It was it was getting better. I thought, okay, they kind of upped the game a little bit. Uh, even though it's not all classic Kiss going way back, it's still they're they're making an effort here. Jay, I you know I was kind of disappointed with Volume Two. Uh, I thought it started out great, but uh, the bonus discs suck for the most part. Uh, yeah. You know, Largo's a, a pretty shitty show to begin with, uh, as most Kiss fans probably would agree. Um, and then the the two eighty eight shows uh, being the other two bonus discs was a real disappointment. Uh, I'm just not a fan of that period of Kiss. I think that's probably Kiss at one of their lowest points musically and otherwise. Uh, so I was a little disappointed with, with the bonus disc. When you get into the actual set itself, um, you know, the land of hype and glory, it's classic footage. Um, you know, I remember watching that as it aired on television um, and thinking, 
how much of a jackass Edwin Newman was for sort of, uh, I don't know, just the, the smarminess and sarcasm uh, in that clip is, for a KISS fan, especially a young KISS fan, it was, it was irritating. Um, you know, the KISS, the KISS movie, The Attack of the Phantoms, is amazing as far as the quality is concerned. I'm a sucker for the movie. Uh, the only thing that maybe is a little disappointing, like Ken pointed out, it would have been nice to have uh, sort of the original uh, made-for-TV cut, just because the music really plays into the corny factor of that film much better than the solo record stuff. Um, and as, you know, as horrible and canned as those uh, sound effects and, and songs are, or music uh, soundtrack is, it really makes it a more hilarious viewing experience, at least for me. But I like both. You know, it just would have been nice to see an alternate cut. Uh, or rather the original cut. Uh, the Tom Snyder stuff, you know, again, disappointing. To me, that's maybe the only good thing that came out in 1979 as far as Kiss is concerned. Dynasty not being one of my favorite albums. And, you know, you look at just about any footage of the band from that period uh, in news clips and whatnot, uh, Largo included, and Kiss is not exactly at the top of their game. The Tomorrow Show thing, to me, was really the highlight of 79 for the band, uh, at least from a fan's perspective, or at least mine. Uh, so it would have been nice to see the, the full Monty there. But it was really cool to see. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Australian uh, show the original footage from uh, the Inner Sanctum at the Sydney Showground. I think that's amazing. Uh, I love the quality. I'm very happy with it. I thought the rock pop footage was super crisp. Um, and I've been a fan of that for a long time. I love the guitar Paul is playing in that clip. Uh, it's, it's almost hilarious, but it's still cool. Um, you know, the Friday stuff again, very good stuff. The top pop uh, footage from 82. Uh, the I Love It Loud clip I thought was very cool. I'd actually seen that once before a long, long time ago. Uh, and then when you get into disc three, that's to me when it really starts to fall off. When you get more into the Crazy Nights stuff, uh, that first maybe three or four segments on disc three, I'm not real crazy about. Um, I don't think the Rio Brazil show from 83 is necessarily Kiss at their musical best. Um, and I love that, that album. I saw the tour, but I don't know if the songs are about 120 miles an hour, uh, at that point running through those songs like Mad Men. And, uh, it just, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that period. Um, so, you know, by and large, I guess it's not quite as, as good as volume one, which I kind of already expected, but, uh, I think the bonus discs, um, really kind of ruined it for me and disc three kind of peters out a little bit. I think the first two discs are pretty strong. That's cool. Lonnie. Yeah. It's probably the version. It's probably like the volume that I, I view the least of, of out of the three. Um, why you need to have three different shows from the crazy nice store on there. I'm really not, I don't quite understand that. And, you put three shows from Crazy Nights on there, and why didn't you get the Amalive show from Detroit? Why isn't that on there? I mean, they're on fire that night, and that's from that's just totally missing. Amalive and Asylum, and for the most part, look it up. I know they have the first the first show without makeup, just two, just a couple of songs on there, but 
they basically skip anything from in ca- from any shows from eighty three up to eighty seven, and, it, and it's kind of disappointing to me, um, just because it, cause it's an historical period for the band, the first time taking off the makeup and you know the resurgence in popularity, especially you know you look at the the crowd of that uh, Detroit show and on the Animalized tour, um, the uh, why why only. And then they put on the Spectrum show from Philadelphia and only put five songs on there. Well, why is that on there? There's more, sh- there's more songs from, why didn't you just put the Ritz on there and like the Spectrum on the bonus disc? Because there's more shows, there's more songs from the Ritz that's on the bonus disc and then what's on the Spectrum that appears on the volume itself. It really se- it really just seems out of whack and out of, I don't know, I just didn't quite understand the, the reasoning behind some of that. And, you know, going back to that, why, and I, and I know why, but King of the Nighttime World isn't on the Largo show. You start off with Radioactive. Like, you don't even have the first, you're missing the first song from the set. And I know why it's not on it, because, you know, right, you know, they don't want to pay for it. But it just seems really strange that you're starting off the show with the second song it's set. Um, Attack of the Fams, that was, I was excited to see that when it came out, because I, Obviously, I hadn't seen that version of it before, and it's it's cheesy in itself. And you have Peter solo album going in the background of some of them during some of the scenes, and that is like it's just it's not fit at all. Where's the Hanna Barbera music? That's what I want. <laughs> you know, the che- I'm with Jay. I want the cheesy Hanna Barbera music in the background. It just makes it more of a train wreck when you have those when you have those little ditties going in the background. <laughs> it does. And and I when I, if I play it for somebody like I you know I played it for my wife once oh you gotta watch this yeah you know, she's like, all right fine I'll watch it but no no we gotta watch the Hannah Barber version because it's even worse you know <laughs> what we have to watch so you know but it, it was fun to watch it the one time but I don't I don't think I'm gonna sit down and say oh no I want to watch the Attack of the Phantoms version if I'm gonna sit down and watch that movie no I want I want it as bad as it can be. Hannah Barber music, but um, I'm with Jay too in the Tom Snyder interview that they only had like the first segment, the second segment when they come back from break isn't on there, and it's like I don't know because then you get into the space bear and all this stuff, and he, Ace is just really just out of control, and you know maybe that's why they didn't put that on there, but you know, and, and again, it's too bad that you didn't have Ace Frehley commentary all that for that one. Going back to the commentary. Ace Frehley commentary over the Tom Center interview would be fantastic. And, you know, it, it it's just too bad that they can't even sit in a room for an hour and just BS and do something for the fans. It's not even getting up on stage and playing. Just sit in a room for an hour and watch this and be done with it. Yeah, you might have to give Ace and Peter some money to come do it and probably more money than you want to give them. But it would, be, it would have been really cool to, to see that. Obviously, you're not going to get Benny to sit down and and uh, comment comment on the Rio shows either. But that would have been pretty badass too. But uh, I like I like the the volume, but to me, there's just some some things that are out of whack and some and some glaring omissions. Yeah, I think that trying to go 1978 through 91 in one volume was a mistake. Um, it just glosses over too much of that that central chunk. I mean, obviously you have one problem in trying to do this, this era and his name's Vinny. Um, 
as as is I guess Mark St. John. I mean, where what footage is there? There was the uh, the Gene Mark interview as an Easter egg, but come on, that really should have been part when that's the only thing you've got about Mark St. John on video should have been on the main thing. Um, I mean, I, I can't remember if this came out before or after Mark passed away, but um, Attack of the Phantoms, I've never watched. I hate Phantom with a passion. I will not watch it. So that first disc for me is a write-off because tomorrow's show is butchered. Land of Hype is fantastic. Um, you, you just really, you know, it's it's almost like Jam Wenner or whatever is rolling, uh, you know, Hall of Fame snotty guy talking to the band. Um, the 80s stuff, I have problems with the sounds of Sydney. It's a little bit too tinny for me. Uh, it, something doesn't sound right. Um, and it's been out there for so long, it's, it wasn't that interesting. Fridays wasn't enough of an improvement visually than what's been out there for a long time. So the top, the top, the pop rock stuff is absolutely incredible. But that's what two songs on that. I think throwing in the Peter Chris 1980 CNN interview is really cool. I'd never seen that. Um, and I guess they could have also done his solo appearance on Tom Snyder. Um, but who knows? Get into disc three. I can't stand Rio. It's just the quality is really detracts. Um, I thought the, the, the stuff from Lisbon 83 was cool. But where's Madrid 83? You know, that was pro shot most of the show for armed forces uh, were there rights issues you know what's the story on that why that couldn't have been included in some form because that's some pretty good early lick it up footage as well and if they'd been able to go back to the source and to the staff sergeants who were involved in that um you know it, it would have been pretty cool spectrum horrible utterly horrible i hate crazy nights era you know to know that bang bang you is polluting Disc three of this is just painful to consider. And I think we, you know, there's the rights issues with Animalized Live and why it's not been re-released officially for Kiss. But I, I was under the impression that they did some audience filming, some constant filming for the Thrills in the Night video in, what, Louisville, um, a couple of other venues in December 84. So it's very surprising that there isn't some pro shot footage of some description or news footage from that tour that could have been used. And Asylum is completely ignored. I know that's the one tour that we don't know of any full, you know, prof professionally filmed shows. And But something. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's just so lacking. Uh, at that time, it probably would have been better to, you know, throw on the three Crazy Nights videos or the three um, Asylum videos, you know, just to have something to kind of represent the area because you go from 83 to 87 to 90 in a pretty fast clip. Those bonus discs, the other Detroit show from 1990, the May one, is just as good. You know, they are both incredible sets. Um, I think the May one doesn't have an Eric Carr solo or whenever it was earlier on in the tour, the first visit. Um, so that that's the high point of this whole set for me is the Detroit show. It's just a fantastic show of a tour I missed and the laser shows. But, you know, it's it, this volume was a real letdown. Anything that you think was missing that really should have been on there? I mean, I've given a few of my examples. Jay? Wow. Uh, you know, I really haven't even, I really haven't even thought about it. I mean, as far as 
as as far as this period, you know, I guess kind of like what you guys were saying, I, I do feel like, you know, the period between Creatures of the Night um, and Hot in the Shade is just kind of lacking, although I'm not a huge fan of uh, the Crazy Nights period. There's still some stuff in there, 83 to 85, that would have been nice to see, um, you know, especially considering that this was a period when Kiss was actually charting singles uh, and very aggressively promoting themselves and getting airtime on MTV. So it seems almost kind of ridiculous uh, to ignore that period. I mean, you know, Lick It Up spawned three videos, I think. Um, and then, of course, you have the videos from uh, from Animalize and the three videos from uh, Asylum. So put videos in there, for God's sake, or something. But, yeah, for, those, for that period to be completely just glossed over almost seems criminal uh, as far as KISS fans are concerned, you know. Uh, that would be an important period of the band's history, so for that to just be ignored almost seems like somebody forgot to do it, you know. I don't know how you could, but it just seems strange to me. But that would be my biggest complaint. I mean, I, I can't really think of any footage from this period uh, that I haven't already seen that, you know, should be on there. I don't know. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Ken, what about you? Well, one of the things was um, 19, the Australian tour, they had some other things with uh, in that interview with Norman Gunston, I think. His yeah, name was. that's right. Comedian. I've seen that. Man, that is hilarious. I mean, that's, I don't know why they even left that off, um, but that would have been great to have on there. And yeah, anything from, you know, anything other than uh, the Rio from Creatures, if they could have had some, found some even a fan shot, I would have been happy with a whole concert fan shot, uh, creatures footage, or um, and then going into lick it up again, lick it up, like everyone's saying that that stretch of that period, uh, lick it up, um, animalize, asylum, it's got to be something they could have put out, um, and so those are the glaring omissions. It's just that gap, it's just that it's just like a big gap there. Oh, that never happened. Let's just go to Crazy Nights. Um, so that, that's about it for me. That's what was missing. Lonnie? Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, I think the Animalized Live not being on there is is, is a shame. And going back to what Jay was saying, if you're not going to put on some of those, if you're not going to put that on there, well, throw the videos on there for Heavens on Fire. Mark St. John's and that, you could have put that on there to at least highlight Mark St. John a little bit. Or put the Tears Are Falling video or Who Wants to Be Lonely video on there. Just something from those periods. And it kind of goes back to how Kiss, even today, kind of likes to pretend like the 80s never happened and they kind of gloss over it in anything that they do. And Kissology Volume 2 is no exception. They really, you know, the whole first disc is, I mean, you know, the, the movie and then they do Australia and you know, and, and Brazil's on there, and they do all the makeup stuff, and they just kind of gloss over the 80s until you get to Hot in the Shade, where, yeah, they really got their stride on the Hot in the Shade tour. And I don't know, I guess they're embarrassed by those years, and they just don't want to comment on them and just want to pretend they never happened. And, and 
it's a shame. It is part of what the band was at that time. Yeah, an audio commentary section for any of the tier, uh, the Asylum videos would have been fantastic to hear Paul and Gene talking about themselves <laughs> in that period. And come on, why is that on it? <laughs> you, you're, you now don't have the problem of Ace and Peter. I'm sure Bruce would be more than willing. I mean, look at what he does on his website talking about the songs from that period. I mean, he could have given a great commentary of the video, uh, you know, of the songs. You know, it, it would have been very entertaining. And to go back to the the animalized videos, you have the they had started filming the studio shots for the abandoned version of Thrills in the Night. It would have been great to have seen a little bit of that, even if it was incomplete and maybe had a director in the way. But they skip their two biggest selling albums of the eighties, both of which animalizes nearly double platinum by all accounts, and smashes their ashes and hits. I mean, I'm I'm not saying please put let's put the axe. I don't I don't need to see or hear it ever again. I don't need to see Paul swinging on a on a trapeze or whatever, you know, for you make me rock. I don't need to hear or see those songs ever again. But for an album that sold two million copies, you know, also where's the news footage? There was you know, there was still news footage being filmed, so um it tries to cover too much ground and it kind of fails, it falls, which is a shame. But then all is good when we get to volume three, because I'm not going to say save the best for last, but uh, volume three, 1992 to 2000. So that's a, that's a pretty hefty chunk of history right there when you go from Revenge and Eric Singer's debut with the band to The Farewell. So, Jay. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a huge improvement over two. Uh, you know, I, I'll never say that uh, I like it better than one because I think one, maybe because it was the first uh, in my introduction to the series, I think it holds a special place. But I definitely think volume three is a huge improvement over two. Um, you know, having having uh, longer footage of the uh, MTV Unplugged is great, especially since that DVD is not even available anymore. Uh, and I don't even know, was that ever legitimately released on DVD? I know it went out of print fairly quickly, but um, so you know that that's great. Having the having the footage from uh, Auburn Hills '92 is great. Although some of the quality in there, I was actually a little surprised by. I didn't think it was as sharp and crisp as some of the versions I've seen before. Um, I thought the Tiger Stadium was as good as you can expect, considering the sources. Uh, I was there. Um, so that was, that's a huge monumental thing for me having that, uh, as part of this volume would have been, I mean, not having that would have been just unthinkable. So it's great that they included that, um, you know, the VMA performance, uh, on Brooklyn bridge, uh, that was amazing. Probably the best single clip the band ever sounded in the reunited lineup, at least in my opinion. I think uh, Peter's playing was great. I think Ace, I think all the guys were just on point for that. So nice to see that there. Uh, the Dodger Stadium stuff is where it kind of tapers off for me. Uh, not a big fan of the Cycle Circus Tour because I think a lot of that footage, they tend to look a little tired and a little wore out. Um, so, you know, not crazy about it, but as far as just having it there, obviously, uh, it's important to include it. So I think that's great. Um, and then the final kiss, I mean, you know, uh, a sad time for all kiss fans at the time. Of course, we found out pretty quickly that that was just, uh, that was just a ruse, but, um, but still good to have and very cool. And then of course you have Coventry, which to me was probably the single most significant, 
uh, video footage of the band to that up to that point, and probably still so. Um, right up there with some of the audio footage from the Daisy. Those two things are things that I never thought I would ever see as a Kiss fan or, yep. or be aware of. So having that in its well, I guess as 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 complete as we're aware of, um, having that available was just mind blowing to me. So. You know, hooray for three. It was uh, a very good volume, especially coming off the heels of number two. Lonnie, what about you? Three um, might even be my favorite because of just personal reasons of where I was in my life and age-wise. Um, from 92, I was 13 years old. Very, really, really getting hardcore into the band at the time. And... Um, seeing that revenge, I missed the revenge show. Um, I was supposed to go, I had tickets and I got grounded. My punishment was I couldn't go see Kiss in St. Louis and I never let my mother forget it. It's the worst punishment she ever handed out to me in my entire life. <laughs> I'm still, and, and 20, and you know, just a little bitter about it still to this day. She, she didn't sit there uh, burning the tickets you know, with a lighter, did she? Like DRC, the Detroit Rock City movie. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 she let me, it was worse. You know, real quick, I, I was in eighth grade and the cool thing was to steal like, um, air caps off of tires that were chrome and put them on your bicycle. And all, all, all the kids were doing it, so you know what? I'm going to do it too. And what happens? I do it. Bam! I get caught. And this lady, she goes, all right, I, where do you live? I am taking you to your mother. And I'm like, no, please don't take me to my mother. I will do anything you want to do. not take me to my mother. She goes, no, we are going. And I'm like, oh. So she takes me, and that was my punishment. Like, I could not go see kids. Kiss was playing in two weeks in St. Louis. She goes, no. You can't go. That's your punishment. You're not going. Your brothers, they can go. But you, you're staying at home that <laughs> Oh, it was just the worst. So, <laughs> anyway, that's enough. Back, back to Kissology. <laughs> so having, having the Detroit show on there is really cool to me because um, I, I miss that tour. And, you know, I have bootlegs of other shows from Revenge Tour. And... The Revenge, and I've talked about Revenge before on the show. I just, I love the album, and I love the tour, the Statue of Liberty, and you know, the face falling off and the skull behind. And it's just to me at the time, especially at my age, it was just, it was just the coolest thing ever. So that on there, and then MTV Unplugged. I like the fact that it was, it's a little broader than the other versions that we've seen. It's not the whole uncut version that a lot of us have, but it's, it's a little. You see a little more of the. Uh, of the warts on it, which is cool. Um, and like the footage that's on there too, um, talking about how Unplugged happened. Uh, and then listen, you gotta, I almost have, you almost have to watch that twice because you listen to the, you listen to just the standard version of it and then go back and listen to it again with Gene and Paul's commentary over it. It's really insightful and, you know, talking about how it almost didn't even happen. Like, you know, how Ace and Peter almost didn't, even do it at the last minute and it was just like headache with ace and peter from the very beginning with getting them back in the band um and the tiger stadium it's obviously just the the shot from the screen that night um but it's so such historical significance that it just has to be on there um but the uh the brooklyn bridge show though is like jay was saying it's probably the best kiss sounded um the whole time since they put the makeup back on with Ace and Peter, the tour had really hit its stride at that point. They'd been on tour for a few months and 
they were really clicking musically and playing underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, this band from New York. It's just it's about as cool as it gets for, for KISS fans. And yeah, the Psycho Circus, they, they look a little tired. They look a little larger, too, in the Psycho Circus video. <laughs> yeah. Ace and Gene especially are like, whoa. <laughs> Don't need to see that in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> You're thankful Gene has like the, the piece um, underneath the armor that goes over his oh, belly as opposed belly. to the belly exposed like in the stripper. <laughs> it was a nice addition to the costume. So, um, the Detroit Rock City premiere party, I was kind of confused why that was on there. I think we had all seen that, or at least I had seen that when it, when it debuted on VH1 the day before the weekend the movie came out. I don't know. Do I really need to see Detroit Rock City shout out loud? Cole Jen, Rock and Roll Night from... The, okay, that's great, but you would think between the reunion tour and Psycho Circus that you could have come up with something else to fill that chunk of time instead of those songs again. But it's just me. You think all the news footage that was out there with the reunion tour... Where's, where's the press conference on... And maybe we're maybe I'm jumping ahead, but where's the press conference with Conan O'Brien? Why isn't that on there? I, I think that's a, a missed opportunity. And um, the the last kiss, the pay per view thing, it's edited down. I wish they would have had the whole show on there. But and Coventry Avatry is just that's awesome too. But for me, it might be my favorite version. And as far as the bonuses go, the San Paulo show in Brazil is probably the best bonus disc out of all the bonus discs out there. That is, and again, it's going back to one of my favorite areas of the band, but it, the, the set list on that is just amazing. The band just sounds incredible. On yeah, they, they are totally on fire on that. I that I was uh, just digging around for some of my bonus discs this morning. This one's still sitting in my DVD player. That's one of the few videos I watch a lot because it's just such a powerful performance. But, you know, we've criticized Volume 2 for having two Crazy Night shows as the bonus discs, but here you get Irvin Meadows, or Irvine, um, which I think is also a very powerful performance by the reunion lineup, and, um, what was the other 96 one? Man, it's a score guard. Yeah. Garden. Yeah, I gotta look now, because... You have the weenie roast as well, so as the bonus disc. So you get that's the first, you know, proper reunion show, and you get you know Madison Square Garden. They're all very very good performances from the reunion period, including Tiger. What really bugs me though is splitting a show between two discs, yes. as they do for Psycho Circus. Mm-hmm. I know that someone stole the Peter Cam, <laughs> so. <laughs> I can understand them having to put back in the footage, but breaking up a concert in a professional package release onto part one and part two just sucks. It's just unacceptable. Um, I love MTV Unplugged. That's another show that I watch a lot, but it would have been nice for them to have dug in, maybe gotten rid of that DRC promo junk from that movie. Um, and put in the Much Music 95 broadcast, which is a really cool unplug segment. You know, a little bit more obscure, but, um, you know, volume, volume 3 wins for me. It hands down because of Coventry. 
that's you could have pretty much put Coventry with any slab of rubbish and it would win. But there's a lot of really good shows on volume three that's not as mutilated as on the other volumes. So it's almost like they ran out of energy of cutting things out. So it's much more com- <laughs> it's much more complete. You get three bonus discs that are worth keeping um, that aren't generally available. So really, really good um, overview of the period. And it doesn't really skip an- anything whatsoever for me. Maybe a little bit of 93 could have been in there, the uh, tre- the Pleasure Island or whatever that one is. Ken, what about you? Uh, yeah, number three was a step up from number two. Um, more complete, in my opinion. Um, the Palace, um, starting off on that one, great. I love the Revenge era. Um, I would have liked to have had a one of those, the club, club tour, the, which I was at, the Stone in San Francisco. I saw that one. That would have been great. Just, you know, gosh, one camera could have captured that whole concert. Um, I know we have it on audio, but that would have been great. Um, then MTV Unplugged, that's just great. The whole thing is just fantastic. I'm glad they added the extended footage. Yeah, I know we've all gotten the... The one that has uh, even more footage, multiple takes, and and so on, uh, which is great. But they did a good job on that. Um, Tiger Stadium, I wasn't there. I wasn't lucky enough, like uh, I think Jay. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that was great. Um, it was great to see that they're it's their comeback. You know, they're coming back and they're taking over again. Um, so that that's a great show. Um, the VMA performance, I remember seeing that. Of course, they didn't show all the songs that are here. I'm glad they added the songs. Um, but I remember seeing that performance on when I was watching those uh, award shows. Uh, so that was great. Um, Psycho Circus, yeah, that was kind of a drop-off. Something was missing there. I think they were all tired. They seemed very tired from all the touring um, starting in 96, I mean. They they did a heck of a lot of touring throughout those years. Um, so, but it was okay. I mean, um, I would have liked some three D glasses to see <laughs> something in three D. But uh, no, not really. Um, disc three, uh, Dodger Stadium. Um, that was good. It's all it's all good. I'm, I'm, I enjoy it all. The last kiss was a, a kind of a good one to have there and then yes they, they like Lonnie said they cut that one off down a bit um and then the Coventry um yeah that's just fantastic to see any footage of kind of the birth of, of Kiss um I would have liked to have seen you know even I, I know they have this stuff and we'll probably talk about it you know something like rehearsal uh, footage like when Bill O'Coin you know um you know taped and so on some so I enjoy it. Uh, I only bought one copy. I, mean, I think Lonnie probably bought three. Uh, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I think I was lucky to get the, the Brazil one, I think. Um, so anyway, uh, it's great. All right. So volume three. Let's talk about a vo- volume four. There, we know, I, I guess, uh, some people have been talking on the board how it'll never be called Kissology because that was a VH1 classic. Um, I don't know whether that's the case or whether Kiss would have retained that as a trademark for themselves. Um, if they didn't, well, 
you got to pay your lawyers more then. Um, actually, I've just forgotten one thing, and that is the Easter egg on Volume 3. Carnival of Souls in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be remiss not to say something about that because I love that sort of footage. You know, so few opportunities to see the band actually at work, and even though it's only a montage uh, as such, you know, really cool sort of Easter egg. So anyone out there who wants to see the band kind of working in that environment, there are three DVDs worth of unplugged rehearsals. Um, if you're suffering from insomnia, then, you know, those are about as close as you're going to get to seeing the band work in a semi-studio environment. But hopefully one day, you know, we'll get to see a bit more of behind the scenes, um, the band working. So jump back forward uh, to Kissology 4 were there ever to be another one. Obviously, it would be 2001 through, well, whenever, I guess. What do you think would be the key shows you'd like to see them, uh, you know, putting on whatever the next episode or installment of uh, Archival Package is called? Lonnie? Um, for me, um, Tokyo 2001 with Eric and yeah. Ace would be amazing that i don't know for me that 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 lineup is, is something the u.s didn't get to see that only a small fraction of kiss fans even got to see but um either to tokyo from and because you know that was recorded professionally um or any of the australian shows even just something a full concert with that lineup for me would be that'd be the way to kick it off to transition from the reunion into what happened later. Um, the, Olymp the Olympic, I mean, we all have it, but I mean, I, I think the Olympic of rock and the Olympic version of rock and roll and I aces last performance with the band would be significant. That would have to be on there. Um, they recorded Kobo 2009, you know, for release and it's almost six years later and we haven't seen that yet. So, you would think that's sitting out there that that would end up on on that on that volume, um, and I'd like to see something from the cruises, just the varying set lists with some of the rare songs. Um, there were even if it's not just a full like Kiss Cruise show, just like a montage of Kiss Cruise shows with. Um, Lover All I Can, Anything For My Baby, Two Timer, things like that on there. Um, even with some of the monster tracks that they played on Kiss Cruise 2. Um, just some, some kind of mixture of those shows, I think, would Kiss fans would really dig. You know, fans that haven't had the opportunity to go on the cruise. This, you know, we've seen them on YouTube, yeah, but to see them cleaned up and put out in a professional release would, would really fit in nicely. And, um, and, a Vegas, and the Vegas shows. I think those Vegas shows would, would really, um, if you were to put it out right now, putting those Vegas shows on the end would really put a nice bow on it with the new stage show with the lasers and and seeing them playing in a smaller venue. Um, maybe some Sonic, maybe some Sonic Boom promotional type stuff on there also would fit in would fit in well. Yeah, the promo video that no one ever gets to see. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I think stuff like that would would really be good. Like, you know, the modern day Delilah video they shot out, so that would that would work well too. So, but for me, the big thing would be the 
Tokyo show with, with Eric and Ace to kick things off would, would just be the high, if they ever would do it, that'd be the highlight for me. You'd have to have that on. Ken, what would you like to see? Well, um, I think they rumored, I know they rumored Cassaldi for, for a long time, but now there's nothing there. Um, but, um, they talked about a Cassaldi, I thought 40, they're calling it 40 or, or monster 40 or something like that. And, I would have liked to see a Blu-ray um, of everything. So, just not these the first th- the first three sets, all three sets included. But then let's add on everything that came after uh, and some other uh, nuggets. So, for instance, you know, like uh, uh, Lonnie was talking about Tokyo, that one, um, the newer lineup. There's there's very good shows, you know throughout the years that they can put on there. Um, I'd also like to see, like you were saying, uh, Julian, in the studio, that stuff to me is just fascinating. If they can, you know, if they have that footage, maybe, you know, a destroyer even going back to there, if they can dig that stuff up. Uh, I think they did. I thought I heard them say, or someone wrote that they filmed. I know they took a lot of pictures of it, uh, but I I think they filmed some stuff in there. Um, Also, like it talked, we talked about uh, uh, more reunion stuff. That was a, just a big era for them. Um, you know, they can dig up a lot more reunion stuff to put on there. Uh, and then uh, the Kobo, like uh, Lonnie was saying, you know, the, before they were shutting Kobo down, um, they said they were going to put that out on a video. Never happened. Um, so I'd add that there. I'd also add, uh, again, commentaries. More commentaries. That's also fascinating and, and interesting nuggets that they uh, they say. Oh, really? That happened? You know, they talk about something, and it's it's interesting to learn these new little things that they, they come up with, or they sometimes remember um, that you've never heard throughout all the years. Uh, so something like that. I would like a yeah, full blown box set. Throw in more concerts. Everything they can grab. Of course, we want hopefully quality. Um, uh, so I think that would be the best way to go about it. I think quality in the post in the reunion era should be no issue whatsoever. Um, and I think you raised a really good point there. Blu-ray. Why has kiss not jumped on the Blu-ray bandwagon at this point? Detroit rock city. The movie is the first, you know, kiss related title to come out, which I mean, obviously new line wants to scrape any cent back from that loss that they can. <laughs> um, so you kind of understand why that's come out, but Kissologies would be fantastic in a Blu-ray format, getting them onto single discs, you know, maybe adding in some bonus material that was originally cut out and putting them out as a deluxe box set of the three Kissology volumes would be absolutely fantastic. You know, these things have not been around. Include all the bonus discs. You know, all all the use promotionally has been used up for those. There's no reason to not come back later like Japan did with their 18 DVD box set with a little stage. I'm not saying go that corny in the Blu-ray route, but there's no reason for all the shows that were originally issued as bonus discs to not be included on the Blu-ray editions, you know, if they're willing to, you know, pay a little bit of money to have them reauthored and and do it right. So, Blu-ray can exactly would be fantastic. Jay, what about volume 4 for you? You know, volume 4, I mean, for me, 
Um, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, I think Lonnie touched on a lot of really good ideas. I agree with most of what uh, what he was suggesting. Uh, the footage with uh, with Ace and Eric would de- uh, Eric Singer would definitely be way cool since Americans didn't get a chance to see that um, as it happened. Um, you know, I think the the Kobo show from '09 would be a great addition. But the, you know, the the thing is that if you put too much of this sort of post reunion period footage into a, a volume of Cassology and, and try to sell it as that, I don't think there's nearly the demand for it. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the diehards are going to be ravenous and and want it, but when you're looking at how does that appeal to the casual Kiss fan? Um, I don't know, man, you know, especially with Paul's vocal issues, uh, you start looking, the further you get into, uh, the footage, especially around, you know, really 2010 and beyond, you start to see that steady decline of Paul's voice and how much in one volume could you handle? And I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory sense, but just, uh, just seems like that would be, uh, a lot of filler. Um, so I think what you know would be cool would be maybe touch on a, a pro shot from each of the each of the tours um, following a I guess following the period uh, uh, from volume three and and then round it out with some of the things that maybe have surfaced uh, since go back and start looking at maybe some of the things maybe some of the omissions um, or some of the newly uh, discovered footage that wasn't around at the time the first three volumes were released and make it more of a hodgepodge or a catch-all uh, of the things that maybe were, were missing or just weren't available at the time. Um, especially, you know, I mean, hey, if they have like the Barry Richards show on video, which obviously we know at this point no one has seen yet, but, you know, ideally throw that on there, uh, maybe footage from Boogie uh, 74 and I'd be a happy guy. But yeah, I just think, I don't know if the volume or would be able to make it on strictly the uh, you know the post reunion era. You would definitely have to pepper in some classic, some classic footage. I think that's just my opinion, though. So, is there any point even doing a kissology again, or should they go to anthologies? You know, some unofficial um, DVD wizards have put together like an unmasked anthology, which takes in your whole Australia tour, you know, all the news footage. It had Norman Gunston on there. Um, the New Zealand, the Auckland stuff from TV. You know, that's a, that's a lot of really good footage. And if you edit it together properly, you narrate it, you get, you get one of the band members or a professional narrator walking you through the whole period, um, you know, get Ken Sharp to write it and have someone with a pretty voice read it. And, you know, you, you, you've got like a nice tour, album by album, instead of having a hodgepodge. Because for me, Kissology Volume 4, when you're going from an Eric Singer, Ace Frehley lineup, which is pure power, I mean, that was just incredible shows that that lineup did together. Um, you then go, and I guess you have American Bandstand as Ace's, you know, swan song. Um, the Olympics, yeah. And then you're into 2003. Peter comes back. I would love to see some pro shot footage, you know, some high quality footage from that tour because I thoroughly enjoyed it, even with it being such a shortened set. Rock the Nation. Obviously, we had Rock the Nation a video. Um, you know, 
could someone go and re-edit it so I don't have an epileptic fit every time I see it from the, you know, well, symphony's worse than that. Yes. Symphony is worse than that. And there's stuff like, uh, the TV stuff that they did when they were out there for symphony that could be included. Uh, but both of those need to be recut because they're great in concept. And I find very, yeah, they're unwatchable for me. Um, and maybe, you know, that's just me getting old, but um, they did film Monterey. They they filmed other shows for, in 2004, which would be great to see. And then after that, you know, there's not a whole lot that I really want to see. I want to have a video package that is celebratory. I don't want to see post-decline Paul. Um, I don't want to see or hear him struggling because he's Paul frickin' Stanley. And that's not what I want to remember. I want to remember Paul Stanley, you know, in Robert Plant mode. Um, right. You know, we know that it's we know it's the elephant in the room, but uh, I don't want to see it on a package because it just doesn't need to be there because you're just opening it up to a negative reaction. So you can do a Kissology four, but I think you got to have the cutoff at Kobo. Um, I would think Kiss Cruise needs to be a standalone anthology. I want to see a pro shot of Paul absolutely nailing the oath that would be worth everything and anything and this you know lover all i can all those rare tracks that they pull out if they had pro shot footage of that and even the fan put together anthologies of that covers that base very well um so i'm sure the band could take that as a template and maybe put together but that would be great as a, a standalone so i'm kind of mixed do a kissology for but cut it cut it off at 2009 and then go back and revisit all these other eras as anthologies. So Destroyer Tour, whatever was on, you know, the original Kissologies, throw them on again. You know, this is Kiss. They're not afraid of repackaging stuff over and over. Add it in with the stuff that was excluded. Anaheim, um, Toronto, um, Houston, I think. Yeah, Houston's the one that is the side angle. So that's the, the way I kind of think we should do it, or they should do it. Uh, but... They're the band, and we're not. All right, guys. Last thoughts on Kissologies. Ken. Well, I, I, I'm glad they did it. I mean, we're lucky to to have this video footage to, to watch it so and to enjoy. Um, pick and choose what you want. Um, just to add on, in the the Blu-ray thing, the box set. I think they ought to wait and maybe wait for the documentary. Um, Maybe it would sell more if they had this documentary on the uh, volume four, uh, if they did it that way. And that, you know, come on, that's going to sell. So, um, but I have a feeling they'll probably release that as its own, I'm thinking. Um, but, you know, who knows what with Kiss what they're going to do. So, but uh, uh, we're lucky to have it. I, I enjoy it. Uh, going back and pulling these things out every now and then, like, oh, I need to watch that. You know, I need to watch Japan uh, 77, you know. Um, so it's it's great. I love it. Jay. Well, I just think that, you know, as as a Kiss fan, when the reunion kind of came and went, um, I really didn't think that this concept would ever, I mean, I just really didn't think there was going to be a Kissology. Never entered my mind. Uh, as much as I would have loved it, I felt like, well, if they didn't do it during the reunion tour period and when they were sort of at their reclaimed heights that there was really not going to be much warranting a release later on. So it was a missed opportunity not to do it. Then like Lonnie says, 
so my expectations were extremely low. Uh, so I was very pleasantly surprised. For a glimpse, I kind of felt like the band was listening to the fans uh, for the first time in a while. Um, so it was really nice to for that just for that Jones to get you know to be filled. Uh, so it was great to have it. I'm glad to have three volumes. We have a fourth. Um, you know, like you said, I think it should be whatever it is. It needs to be a celebration of all things that are that make Kiss such a great phenomenon. Uh, I definitely don't want to see anything that's going to look uh, that's going to cast the band in a in a light anything less than you know how people remember them. So, uh, Volume Four c- comes around. You know, hopefully it'll be a, be a fitting memorial to the band because I know we're getting on in the years, and who knows how many more years old Paul's got left in him. But uh, and I like Ken's idea. You know, bring on the the Alan Parker uh, documentary and package them together, which would be an excellent way to boost sales for a flagging Kissology uh, for. Unless they could just load it up with a bunch of rarities that none of us have ever seen, but that'd be it. Yep, Lonnie. Um, I enjoy the three the three volumes. Um, I'm gonna sit down and watch something. Usually, I look at those first before I go to my bootlegs to figure out what I want to watch them. If I haven't have anything specific in mind, um, and I'd like to see them continue it, like you guys were saying. Um, and they might have some kind of master plan of what they want to do and how they're going to release that documentary. I mean, come on, it's Kiss. They're not going to just release the documentary by itself. We've got to have a deluxe version and the super deluxe version and the and the Best Buy only version or the Amazon version. We've got to make you buy it six or seven times and have some kind of rare footage or rare bonus discs on each thing. So, you know, maybe, maybe there is some kind of master plan and some kind of master reasoning behind why you know, Kissology 4 never came out, that they have some kind of some kind of template that they're planning on using to coincide with this documentary and its release. And, um, you know, that being said, you know, there was some news recently that that documentary will come out in the fall of this year, and I'm excited about it, just to, to get another official release in the band, um, just documenting the whole history from from beginning until until now and I'm, I'm like I said I'm, I'm sure they have some kind of some kind of plan in mind of how they're going to release that that sounds like a Phantom Ace Frehley album it'll be out in the fall <laughs> <laughs> never ever ever use that terminology I mean you know I, I think the documentary I wish we could skip through the bullshit and get to the director's cut of that exactly uh you know, I, I don't want to have to go see it at the cinema and then buy it on VHS and then buy it on, you know, DVD and then get the director's cut on Blu-ray. Can we just skip all those other steps and get Alan's original vision straight out of the box? You know, that'd be fantastic. And I think it would be smart business to pair it up with something so that you get the the disinterested fans who are so-so about the the documentary saying, you know, the usual complaint, it's just going to be Paul and Gene's point of view. Well, give them something, throw them a bone that makes them buy the damn product, uh, and then they can say, well, I did get this instead, you know, a show with Ace and Peter on it that uh, perhaps they messed with the audio on it to make them sound better. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, conversely, you get people who you know, are, are seriously interested in the documentary and are going to give it a fair shake to, you know, oh, wow, get a free show as well. So package that up with something that makes a lot of sense. So, 
All right, I think we're at the end. There, there's so much that can be said about video, kissologies, you know, how everyone can do it better than the band, but, you know, the, the band are the only ones who can do it properly. So hopefully in the future we will get more releases um, and hopefully we won't have to wait too long. So that's kissologies, everyone. Ken, Jay, Lonnie, thank you all. Thank um, I'm going to give the kissologies a double slade. And we'll uh, catch everyone in the next episode. Thanks for joining us and spending your time with us. Bye.